Hello, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. Our catechesis today continues in the parables of the lost uh, things or people um, in the case of uh, Luke chapter 15. Right? And remember, parables are given so that seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, meaning they have a kind of a double-edged purpose. For those who are captivated by their unbelief, um, it brings to question what they thought they held true. All right? Um, and so it's meant to kind of disturb them um, out of their slumber, if you like, or awaken them out of their death. So that would be the case um, in Luke 15 with the Pharisees and scribes. On the other hand, um, those who hear them in faith hear them as a great source of comfort, right? So that Jesus seeks and saves the lost, that he finds the, the lost sheep, or the, um, he works through the church to find the lost coin, or that, uh, that God the Father uh, is always at work to restore the lost son or sons, as the case may be, all right? So today we'll hear the second half of the parable of the lost son, all right? Good. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. We pray our psalm for the week, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, and whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Their early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God, look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our verse for the week. If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I do hope. Psalm 130, verses 3 through 5. And our catechism for the week is confession. What is confession? Confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution. That is forgiveness from the pastors, from God himself. Not doubting, but firmly believing that by it our sins are forgiven before God in heaven. What sins should we confess? Before God, we should plead guilty of all sins, even those we're not aware of, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. 
But before the pastor, we should confess only those sins which we know and feel in our hearts, which are these. Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Are you a father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker? Have you been disobedient, unfaithful, or lazy? Have you been hot-tempered, rude, or quarrelsome? Have you hurt someone by your words or deeds? Have you stolen, been negligent, wasted anything, or done any harm? All right. Our first reading today is Psalm 51. This will be especially appropriate uh, for tomorrow, where we have uh, the sin of David. This is the psalm that he prayed, um, as it says here, after the prophet Nathan um, went to him to bring to call him to repentance for the forgiveness of sins. All right. This is his, I would say, psalm of confession, uh, or con- with two parts, right? First, that he confesses, and second, that he receives absolution. All right. Psalm 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then they shall offer bulls on your altar. All right. And then the continuation of our uh, parable of the uh, lost son. If you remember, Jesus is in the context of speaking to Pharisees, scribes, who are grumbling, um, actually, as he's receiving tax collectors and sinners and eating with them. All right. And they, of course, come to hear him. Pharisees and scribes, of course, did not come to hear him, but rather to grumble at him. So you can see a um, distinction, right? All right. Now, his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and alive again, and was lost and is found. All right. So uh, what we're discussing here is the nature of, um, well, of faith, I suppose, of salvation, of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, um, but also inheritance and sonship, which we have in baptism. All right. Um, and so both sons are actually 
uh, corrupt in this thinking, that they think of sonship as something to be earned um, or something deserved, right? Um, the younger son thinks he has squandered his sonship by his reckless living and that um, he would have to earn his way back into, God, into his father's good, good graces. Well, of course, that's, that's false, as the father dem- demonstrates clearly that he comes out and receives him back as son regardless. All right, this is a helpful thing to remember, I suppose, for earthly fathers too, um, is that we always are, are um, given to mimic our heavenly father in this, in his graciousness that he continually forgives and restores, all right? So the job of the father is to restore um, even rebellious or sinful children to the household, to the family, all right? It's part of what he does. And he does so with compassion and love, all right? Of course, the son knows his sin, um, and he's going to do the same with the older son, as we hear today, right? So remember, um, the younger son gets the uh, the ring and the sandals and the cloak and the fat, fatted calf uh, is sacrificed. Of course, we have feasting at um, at the forgiveness of sins. So uh, yeah, that uh, draws us, of course, our attention to the Lord's Supper. And you remember, yesterday at the end of our reading, uh, we had the same statement. Your brother was dead, and, or excuse me, uh, my son who was dead is alive. Um, who was lost is found, right? All right, so in this, um, the father in the story corresponds, like with the woman we had corresponding to the church, we had the shepherd corresponding to Jesus. Who would be the father that receives um, his sons back to him? That would be God the Father, of course. And how are we made sons? How do we receive that gift of inheritance bestowed on us now by faith and then by sight in baptism? That's right. So, um, that's why this story seems so bizarre. Why would the father give the inheritance before he's even died? Well, that's exactly what God the Father has done through his son Jesus, is given us the inheritance of his son um, in our baptism. When we are born, it becomes ours already, now by faith. All right. Um, and remember that baptizing with water indicates that the old Adam and us should by daily contrition and repentance be drowned and die. So you see, the son who is dead has been made alive again. So there's really only one way back into the, the household, and that's through death and resurrection, hence baptism again, right? So the younger son corresponds to the tax collectors and sinners. Well, then who does the older son correspond to? The grumbly ones, right? The Pharisees and scribes. You'll note what the uh, son hears outside, music and dancing, all right? Um, I, last night I had this thought uh, as we were reading it with uh, my family that um, we read it. We don't follow exactly the same schedule because of other commitments we have in the evenings. Uh, so we read this yesterday, and um, one of the things that we note, or I noticed is um, the sun coming back out of the field. It sounds like Moses coming down from Sinai and and hearing uh, the tumult in the camp, and uh, with the and they say that's not the sound of war; that's the sound of uh, mu- of music and dancing, right? And of course, there it's idolatry. So here we have the inverse of that. Uh, Moses being the faithful one, the people being unfaithful and and rejoicing around an idol. Here we have this the the older son being the unfaithful one returning to the camp of the faithful. So there's this inversion happening. Um, maybe you see the patterns of things there. Um, and he finds out from the servants that the father has, while he was away working, um, that there's a feast for him, right? And then brothers come back, right? He even says that. Your brother has come home. All right, but the older brother is angry and refuses to go in. And I know this seems kind of strange. Why would you be angry about your long lost brother returning home? Right? All right. But remember, this is uh, describing, um, this is a parable of, um, well, our relationship to Christ and the forgiveness of sins. And uh, there can be a kind of class warfare, a resentment here. Right? So the father even goes out and pleads with him, right? Come in and party with us. 
again, the, the older son has the same wrong view of sonship as the younger son. This is really important for us as we consider baptism and confession absolution, of course. But baptism, that we all receive the same inheritance, not by works, not by um, virtue or by strength or by um, favor, but rather, well, that we are favorable and, and that we've done the right things or something like that. No, it is a gift of God's grace. He makes us his sons, right, as a free gift, right? So then we have both, uh, if you like Jew and Gentile or sinner and um, quote-unquote righteous ones, all being received into the into the feast, um, I would suggest all coming through the forgiveness of sins. Here, here the, the father comes out and, and is calling him to confession, all right? But notice, what does he say? Uh, I don't, I haven't needed it. And that all these things um, are yours. Well, no, the father is right in directing him and saying, no, all that I have is yours. Everything that I have has been given over to you for your good use. Why would you resent me for that, right? So the father doesn't give up on the older son any more than the younger son, but they each need um, a different word, I suppose, or rather a different treatment, right? So this is, this is more by way of the law, I suppose. And the law has done its work with the younger son, and now it was gospel. So he goes out to get him. Um, we don't hear the conclusion, um, and I think that's because, you know, what's the conclusion of what happens with the Pharisees and scribes? Do they receive Jesus? Some do, right? Nicodemus would be a good example. Um, and Joseph, who was of the court, right, does as well. But how many others? We don't know. So there's that question mark. Of course, why, why a young goat? Why not a fattened calf? Does it seem reckless or squandering of that, of that fatted calf? No. Sinners repenting? is worthy of a party. We do this every week, by the way. <laughs> we confess our sins, we receive absolution, and then we rejoice, uh, and we sing to the Lord a new song, right? Um, and, and we feast. We go to the table to receive Christ, actually, who is our fatted calf. All right. So, in holy baptism, the Father has given us our portion of the inheritance purchased for us by the blood of Christ. Both the older and the younger sons treated the inheritance as something they had earned or deserved from the Father. Faith confesses that this inheritance is pure gift from the Father without any merit or worthiness in us. We fall into sin and unbelief so that we squander the gift that we have been given. Like these sons, we may think we need to earn our way as a slave rather than being restored by the loving gift of the Father. Or we may think that we have earned the inheritance by remaining in the church uh, for many years. But the life of repentance confesses sin daily and then clings to the forgiveness of sins which has been won for us by the blood of Christ. Though we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment, the Father calls us back by his loving word of forgiveness. The Father has sent his own Son out as a prodigal into this world to squander the riches of heaven on our salvation, that we might be restored to the household of the Father. Christ has been sacrificed as the fattened calf and is offered to us in the feast of the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, let's sing our hymn, From Depths of Woe.
actually a summary of the hymn today. So we've been singing it uh, for the last few days, so it's a good time to learn what is going on here. Uh, the fra- this hymn is a paraphrase of Psalm 130, which an early source using the Greek numbering called Psalm 129, so it's 130, it was written by Martin Luther in 1523 as he engaged in revising the Latin Mass. In order of Mass and Communion for the Church in Wittenberg, 1523, Luther can- expressed his desire for, quote, this is in the preface, as many songs as possible in the vernacular, that's the language of the people, which the people could sing during Mass, immediately after the gradual and also after the Sanctus and Agnus Dei. At the same time, he also wrote to poets and theologians, one of whom was George Spalatin, court chaplain to Frederick the Wise, asking him to, quote, turn a psalm into a hymn as in the enclosed sample of my work, end quote. Presumably the model enclosed from Luther was, from depths of woe I cry to thee. This early metrical psalm of Luther's is important to 21st century Lutherans for several reasons. It became one of Luther's favorite songs, expressing the comfort of the psalm and the hope that is ours in in the gospel. Two, it is a suburb explication of the proper distinction between the law and the gospel and the doctrine of justification by grace through faith. Three, it expresses humanity's deepest sorrow, and for this reason, it was sung at times of mourning. For instance, at the funeral of Luther's protector and patron, Frederick the Wise in the Castle Church at Wittenberg on May 9, 1525, and during Luther's own funeral ceremonies as his body lay in state at the Market Church of Our Dear Lady in Halle in 1546. Because it is a versification of a penitential psalm, the hymn was commonly used as a catechetical aid to reinforce the meaning of confession, as described in Luther's small catechism. Um, Actually, then Luther's catechetical hymns inspired Johann Sebastian Bach to write Chorale preludes for organ for each part of the catechism, including a massive six-voice setting of From Depths of Woe in BWV 686. LSB, Lutheran Service Book, has affirmed this penitential nature of the hymn by placing it in the Confession and Absolution section in the hymnal. Its usage, however, was not limited to times of confession or to funerals. It was also used as an introit, a psalm hymn, a gradual between lessons, and a hymn before the sermon during various seasons of the church year. All right, and of course we'll sing it. I believe I have it scheduled for Ash Wednesday. All right. Metrical Psalters are um, kind of lost to us. I, I, the Scottish Metrical Psalter is a great one. Um, one of the uh, things that I'd like to do, uh, I, I would just, uh, this is one of the reasons I would like to have um, a more permanent musician, right? Uh, part-time or full-time, um, so that 
and we could develop other ways of psalm singing, right? So we can, there's other tones than the one that we use. There's uh, ways to sing the antiphon in a, re, in a responsive way. Um, metrical psalter singing is another way. Uh, you know a few of these, actually. So not just Luther's here, where it takes the psalm and actually um, not only paraphrases it, but also teaches it. A mighty fortress would be another example from Luther, uh, based on Psalm 146. You also have um, multiple Psalm 23 settings, one of which is from the Scot- Scottish metrical psalter. Um, the Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. Right, Psalm 23. He maketh me down to lie. Right, you know that one? All right, so... Uh, Metrical versions of Psalter of the Psalter um, is a great way for us to continue to sing the Psalms. You notice that that's um, of importance um, in our liturgical practice. Um, I do follow the direction of the hymnal in singing an intro at Psalm and at least one other Psalm, if not a, a portion or a complete. Right, um, because the Psalter is the hymn book of the Church and joins us uh, with the saints of old and their singing as well. Right, and never mind um, it is God's word and then brings us um, to a proper understanding of what God has to say to us and how we ought to pray, all right? So, uh, yeah, this is a great example of that. All right, um, I don't think we have a commemoration. Let me just make sure. Nope, not until Saturday. All right, let us pray. O God, the strength of all who put their trust in you, mercifully grant that by your power we may be defended from all against all adversity. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Merciful Father, Excuse me, let's pray the other one. Oh, oh Lord, I give you thanks and praise that you have forgiven me all my sin as a free gift of your grace. You died for me because you loved me, and you rose from the dead so that I might receive the gift of salvation and walk in newness of life. By your forgiveness, teach me to renounce the devil, to deny myself, and to live a holy life in the joy and confidence that my sins are forgiven. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray for the households of our church this week with Randall, John and Linda, Timothy and Amber, Rachel, Garrett and Jenny, and Ron and Janet. Pray in thanksgiving for the gift of healing for Wendell. Pray for the catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering. Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Brad, and Ron, Carol, Mike, Doug, Donna, Sandy, Owen, Vicki, BJ, Jolene, and President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Joan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for our mission of the month, Sheboygan Lutheran High School. We ask the Lord to give us generous hearts to support their work. Continue to pray for um, potential upcoming church plants in Viroqua, Sparta, Slinger, Oosburg, Arcadia, Darlington, and others. We pray in intercession um, that the Lord give success in our new student, uh, our school enrollment mailing, and that Jesus would gather the lost sheep of Sermon Center back into his flock. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's our congregation note. Prayer for Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. It's good to have you with us here, whether you're watching live. Thanks for checking in. Um, live live streamers or you're listening uh, via the phone system or later in the day. Again, the link to the phone, I actually made sure it's in the comments down below. Um, so all you do is just dial the number and usually just push one and you'll listen to the most recent. Um, you can actually listen to previous ones too, usually. All right, I think that gets updated hourly. So, um, you know, like today's would be available sometime after maybe 10.30 or so. All right, so God be with you all and uh, keep you safe. And uh, if you're able to come out this evening, we have divine service at 6.30 evening, uh, this evening. So we gather every Lord's Day for uh, divine service and on other days uh, as, as requested, all right? Um, the key there is and, not alternatively, generally speaking. We try to gather as one congregation at least weekly, all right? So God be with you all, keep you safe, and we'll see you again tomorrow. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.